This is the Rev Thinking Podcast. Insights and conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. I want to talk about calling. Okay. Like having a calling. Because mm. it's it's a big concept. It's not one of those like, let's talk about sales or finance or, you know, a Rev Thinking ingredient item necessarily. I, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Okay. But I find it interesting that people know deep inside of them that they want to accomplish something in life, especially creative people, especially people willing to be competitive in this environment, the successful people that we know. They're doing something very unique compared to, obviously, the whole human race. And there's got to be something deep inside of them that calls them to want to, you know, know, be driven or put up with it or push further or try harder or whatever that thing is. Have you ever had a sense of calling? Like, do you have a sense of what that feels like yourself? Yeah, for sure. I think in my, or throughout my life, it's taken on different forms. I think when I first started realizing I was a creative person as a teenager, you know, I was making a lot of music and playing in rock and roll bands and recording albums and things like that. And then I started a career as an industrial designer and realized, wow, I have something within me that, right, can do something in the world. And then as that evolved into me starting a studio and running a creative agency, similarly, um, I was always very driven, you know, to, to, and I find it something common that creative business owners all have in common, right? It's just a thing that there's something deep down inside that it, it like we have, we have this obsession almost. Obsession. I think the obsession is a great word. It, it, that's how it's felt my, most of my life. When I, was a, when I was just a child, I would make up strategies of how I was going to be working in this industry. Um, my mom reminded me recently that I wanted to be a comedian at such a young age. I had this whole idea of how I was going to work for the airlines and meet famous people and you know go to Hollywood. And like I was just a little kid. I couldn't imagine where, how do you become famous. So I was making up strategies of where I was going to meet famous people so I can be famous with them. And I knew at a young age, I wanted to do something different than my brothers who wanted to be in sports or um, other things that drove them. And I thought, I got to do that. I have to touch that somehow. Well, I, you're reminding me when I was, I, I don't know, probably within a year of Star Wars coming out, I was maybe 12 or 13. My best friend across the street and I, we produced a science fiction movie that was a lot like a, a Star Wars and shot it on eight millimeter film, invited all the neighborhood kids to be the actors, you know, had a script, edited the whole thing. I mean, the whole deal. And it, having that experience of creating something and then, of course, making it into a commercial enterprise. Let's now let's open a theater. And let's charge kid, you know, these kids 15 cents to come see themselves in the movie. Uh, the whole thing was so incredibly thrilling uh, to realize you could do something like that. And it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. Your other friends might have been doing something else, but you decided to put your energy into that. Yeah, that's exciting to me. I, I like the idea of calling and purpose. You know, uh, one of my favorite moments in kind of professional life and consulting is when I sit down across from a business owner and I tell them I, you know, I I produced the title sequence for seven and they just 
blow up excited and they say something like, that's the whole reason I got into this industry is because of that title sequence. And I was in college and I had to recreate it frame by frame or what other, you know, I've heard those stories. And I think, yeah, there, I, it's so interesting. These moments where you have, I understand the drive. I remember, I understand watching something. I, I myself, you know, have these experiences where I saw something and I wanted to do what I saw on screen. And then to be on the other side of that, where, you know, I, by no means Kyle Cooper was the creative director and uh, Angus Wall directed or edited it. And we couldn't have done it without David Fincher and way too many other hands before me left the impressions that we know. But the um, to know for real that you've built something gave me like another season to my calling where I thought, oh, I, I'm not I'm no longer in pursuit. The next season of my calling was to recognize opportunity and influence and to want to get closer and closer and closer to that moment again, to try for a second hit or to, you know, obviously live out the career at Imaginary Forces for many years after that. There was plenty of other and uh, moments that kind of replicated themselves. And there was a second season. I think you said too, it's you recognize your calling changes at different points of your career. Yeah. The, um, the, the reason I think about calling specifically is I think um, calling has a lot to do with decision. And what's interesting as consultants, we often get on calls with our clients and they're asking us to come alongside them. Hey, I have to make a big decision. What decision should I make? And they kind of want input for that. And I find it, you know, I find one of the first places you and I go is, well, I don't know. Who are you? We don't just you know, grab something off the shelf, even though I've might've done the factors method a hundred times, I'm going to do it this time, totally different than the last hundred times. Even though you've done jumpstart again, a hundred times or over 300 different students, every student comes to you with a different reaction and different problem to solve and a different thing they want to do with the knowledge they have. And as consultants, we get this opportunity to think about decision-making but I find it interesting. We one of the first questions we often say to somebody is, well, "I don't know who are you." Yeah, what are you about? Where are you going? Yeah, right. And why? <laughs> yeah, even like you know, traveling's not a joke to us. We'd love to travel and do so. But the reason I haven't seen you on the weekly briefing for the last three weeks is because you're traveling. And why don't you tell people why you're traveling? Who, you you're out there meeting your clients face to face and learning about their life and where they are. Yeah, well, it's funny. It it is. It totally ties into this calling thread that you're going down, because um, yeah, there's the business owner here that has offices uh, around the world, but their main studio and facility is here in Tokyo. And I said, I want to spend time with you and the team in person to put in some big ideas. You know, to put some big ideas in practice. And I felt called to use your term. Uh, to come here and do that, but I, I would also just say I felt I've I have felt a calling to come to Asia, right? To come to Japan for some time because it's an, a culture I've never experienced, and I feel like I, I don't know, I I just have to at some point I have to visit this part of the world to see what's here, to learn, to gain, to understand, to uh, assimilate, what have you, and it's. I don't know. It's hard to explain how much it is something that just deep down inside me, I feel driven to do. Yeah, you're, you said it right. It's so hard to explain. I mean, we use words like serve 
I mean, one of the reasons why we want to get to know people and where they live and how they think is so we can serve them better. Mm-hmm. How many times have um, I said on the weekly briefing, I love you. I mean, there's truly a, a thing that I recognize I'm very lucky, very blessed to be doing the work I, I'm doing it, but I do it out of true, like, I, I want people to succeed at their life calling, and I want to serve them to get that out of them. And I, you know, that, that evolution is probably maybe the third big evolution of my career is one I felt impulsively I wanted to get into it, first kind of calling. The second one was this moment of influence where I wanted to make things that maybe inspired others to join, join the club, get in the gang, do this instead of that kind of a thing. I, I, that's so exciting to me. And this next one is to kind of give, give it away a little bit. You know, how much more can I leverage my time, experience, my knowledge? You know, how many books do I read on behalf of others and process strange, crazy ideas just to wonder, you know, how to make someone succeed or even try to convince somebody something different about their business so that they can achieve the success up to their potential because they're thinking too primary in their ideas. We, we put ourselves out there a lot with big hearts and big ideas. I'm wondering, I was having this thought, you know, the old idiom, misery loves company, that there's something also to this idea that, I don't know, passion, joy, love also loves company. Because I think of the life that I lived right in through my career that you did and this opportunity to convert it. And I think also leverage everything that I learned and gained along the way. And you're right. It's, it's kind of crazy how fun and thrilling it is to give it away and invite other people into that crazy story called, Hey, you can follow this calling and find a lot of meaning and purpose and satisfaction in it. And if I can help you do that, that makes me happy as well. It's uh, it's like this virtuous circle. It's probably why anytime we get in front of a, a group of people and, and we're introducing ourselves, one of the first things we talk about in that introduction is how I was consulting you, you were going through a transition, and then I said to you, you know, you've, you have too much to just use to yourself. This 20 years of owning a business, it's you have too much wealth to just hold it back, basically bury it for your one one company, one good. You should get out there and do what I'm doing and consult. And I think most people appreciate that. Even in this podcast, they're going to appreciate that moment. But you and I almost have a feeling inside of us of, you should have been there. Like if you just <laughs> understand how important it was to give, to, to introduce to Joel, you... I think I have another calling for you. I think I have another purpose for you. Dude, I mean, a hundred million percent, right? It's like, I think of these inflection points in my career. Yeah. And there was that time when I was on the phone with you. I remember where I was standing. I remember the office I was in. I remember the point of decision that I was up against. And you effectively invited me into something like into a story that I hadn't found or discovered yet that was waiting inside of me to to get out and yeah that was that was an incredible moment and you're right like if i could have been if i had that on video we probably would have watched it a hundred times and been there it is right (laughs) like when like when michael jordan you know does the buzzer beater and the three-pointer to win the game whatever it was sort of that almost moment 
in uh, in time for me personally, and now to see that it's had a a great deal of influence on others, right? I mean, I think I think like our the the community I think just crossed four hundred owners uh, somewhere in the last month or two, and I and I sort of saw that number flip and said, "Wow, that is really incredible. That is really exciting." So you're um. Your crazy dream that you, you pitched me on, it's, it's, it's happening. It's working. And I, and I think that's the fourth turn of my calling. If I'm, again, these, ma- like, call it like eras, right? There's mic- micro turns all the time. And, you know, I, I, some people know this, but I quit the industry and I went to seminary. Just totally got out of it. But that's where I learned to serve and to want to minister and open my mind to others and get myself out of my own way and put others first. So that's still part of that first to second turning, you know, kind of like, what, what do I have that I can give away to others? So your aha moment was um, similar to mine. But this, the fourth turning, the one you were alluding to is this last one where it wasn't just, you know, it's no longer just us in a bubble, one-on-one talking to people, but that moment that your conversion has led to opportunities to create a community. And and here's the exciting um, moment. This is a quote that uh, a person, um, I think from Colorado, just last week, I was talking to someone from Colorado and I'd, I'd seen the person's name many times. They watched the weekly briefing with us. They've seen their name in community, but I've never had a one-on-one with them. And he said to me, you know, when I started my business in the early 2000s, there was no way I would have ever asked another business owner any of these questions. But the the safety and the community and the security and the honesty of Rev community has changed my life. I, I feel more energized. I get more clear information. I have greater understanding. And that, and, and you know, Joel, you, you know it like me, like the community has made themselves. We didn't, we're really just created the invitations and some common interest and just momentum to keep it going, right? There's not a lack of, of, of energy we put into it. But we're not forcing people to love each other. But that's it's no longer us loving them, but they're also loving each other. It's, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm obviously uh, tickled to hear someone from my my home state um, sharing that. And yeah, there's almost this, I don't know, the thing is, we may have birthed it, right? But it really is like a child that's taking on a life of its own and growing and going in directions that we didn't determine. And that's, that's fine. So I, I, I hope I, I can't paint a picture a little bit here. Cause I, and I think you probably heard me talk about the four stages of your creative career enough to know you probably got like, okay, Tim, I know where you're going with this big idea of calling, right? <laughs> but there's something about, and you, you, you said it so early on is, you know, our calling, we know why we got into business, but we should be honest. And this is a, a kind of the, topic of the, the overall ref thinking um, podcast right now is like, we should be honest that what you got into, what got you into starting your business or even this career is going to change. And sometimes I feel like people need permission to know, oh yeah, that, that was true then, but how do you make your future possible and not just collect a bunch of past ideas? And if you're going to finish and finish well, you have to be making that future, creating a future of a business that you would want to own, be part of an industry and create the future of that industry that you want to be part of, create relationships that you want to live out, 
and that proactive nature of accomplishing really that those acts, you know, from stage to stage or season to season has got to be a very relevant part. And I think you and I, we sit down with a lot of business owners and I'll go say it again. We don't give the same answer to every person because who they are and where they're going, what they're doing, it's very different. Consulting has the other person in mind a lot. For sure. I'm thinking of uh, some great consulting I got from a therapist once when I was talking about the 20 year period of time, right? That I ran my business and you were obviously consulting me there towards the end as well. And I was looking back in hindsight, talking about how difficult that transition was when I had to close the business. And I, I think I used the word failed, right? When the business sort of came to an end and failed. And she just said, that's interesting. Why do you use that word? Because the way I see it, it just ran its course. And it was like, for me, this Oh, I see. It wasn't meant to go on forever. It started for a certain reason. It evolved, it shifted, but then the day came when it was actually good and normal, not easy um, for, right? As we say, as consultants, right? Go through transition. It's all about the transitions. And yeah, your advice, obviously, in, in those years was, was key for me. And you gave me permission to start, I don't know, dream again, think of, something beyond what was and what the past was and how that defined me. And how has that helped you in uh, consulting others? Do you, have a, do you have that now personal experience of, hey, wait a second, I'm going to now give you permission, right? And you pass on your own life experience and transition where someone had to give you permission to recognize how life in this time has run its course. And then you had that same compassion and empathy for others. It, I think a lot of it is perspective. It's just perspective. Like, yep, I remember those years. And then that flowed into these years and these changes and these transitions. And, you know, I know this, you know this, because you've been through them. And you've been through them, you know, it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be great. So there's some sort of a, this isn't just happening. There is purpose. There are decisions. There are changes. Uh, it's all good. But I think also, uh, Owners can get stuck because uh, I know I did this, that we, we have this brass ring in our minds, right? We have this purpose, this obsession that you and I talked about. And we push and we cajole and we negotiate and we find our way and we, we more or less get there. And then we don't know what to do next. Like we actually achieve it. It's kind of running its course and we, we, we forget to dream bigger. We, we almost say, oh, well, I always wanted to run a creative studio and have a team and do really great work. And here I am. It, it, is that it? <laughs> yeah, dream bigger. I find that to be one of the greatest challenges, probably even in my own life, but definitely working with some business owners where, you know, they, they could perceive bigger. So, you know, you've probably had these phone calls, too, where a young business owner or somebody that's in transition would point to their competition or someone else in the field and say, I want to be like them. And they think of it as a mirror. Tell me what they're doing and I will mimic what they're doing and I'll be like them. Sure. And we have to say to them, you know what they've done? Something no one else has done before. So to be like them, you have to not look at them. You have to look at yourself. Yeah, right. And that, that moment and that kind of helping somebody mold who they're going to become, just like the person that they are, you know, are excited to replicate is um, it, like, it's a great moment, 
But I think it's one of those not so easy formulaic processes we work with others. Transitions are really kind of tricky that way, I think. Well, especially if you don't have some sense of what you're transitioning to. <laughs> I mean, just, I know that sounds obvious, but when you're in it and you've been telling yourself, I'm running this business and my goal is always what? More, more clients, more revenue, more team, more capability, more expertise. Those are all really good things. But then you reach a season, for me, it was around year 19 or something, when you know my good buddy Ryan, who was the owner at Spilt, said, Joel, I, just, I think you've accomplished everything you set out to do and you don't know what to do next. And that was when I realized, oh no, as, as Tim would have told me at the time, you, you, you stopped dreaming, right? You've forgotten how to dream even bigger because all I could see was something linear called, well, do I, do I grow? Do I get a bigger budget this time? Do I, you know, I won a, an Emmy. Do I try and win an Oscar? Like what, what is that? And, and I didn't see that there was a completely different reality out there until I had the perspective given to me by my good friend now sitting on the other side of this. <laughs> yeah, the, the pivot is so interesting because when we say the word pivot, sometimes you could have said, well, I pivoted. I went from Dish Network to to direct TV or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can think that's a pivot, but really um, these life pivots have this other need attached to it. And I would say, hey, how do we get people to go back to, well, what are you supposed to be doing now? Mm -hmm. we, we know why, what you drove you to this moment, but before I say, yeah, let's hire that salesperson and double your sales. I wanna know when we do that, what's it gonna, what's gonna um, how's that gonna help us accomplish some bigger goal? If it's just more revenue, it's insatiable, we'll never accomplish it. But if we understand revenue and life purpose and freedom, uh, an attachment to um, accomplishment or influence within a culture that improves other people, it's so much easier to drive towards that because I might not need all of the money to accomplish a goal of helping ch change someone's life or um, uh, achieve a certain goal that I've been trying to achieve for my career. I had this uh, uh, one, I'll wrap it up with this because I'll kind of bring it back to where I got started too. Um, there's this really great moment. So um, I worked with Kyle Cooper for many years truly love the guy. We have like a brotherly kind of attachment to each other. But, um, you know, I was there when he was becoming Kyle. Yet that when I first met him, he was a creative director at our Greenberg and associate. By the time I left imaginary forces, he was Kyle Cooper and directors were excited to, that he was in the room opposed to we, when we were excited that directors were in the room. Mm. Um, and I, I think it was a Christo, um, podcast or session that Chris was doing and somebody was talking about, you know, how did you get to where you are? And Kyle said to him, well, to be honest, I didn't want to be here. I, I wanted to be a film director, right? He, he wanted to actually who his clients were is who he wanted to become. And now all the people, there was, you know, many people that I've met in my life that wanted to replicate Kyle's career. And Kyle didn't even want his career at one point. He wanted, you know, I'm sure he's more than satisfied, but he recognized that even getting into it, he wanted to be something different. And I love that perspective of because you are you, you know, you can't want to replicate and try to live out something else. You have to know who you are 
and therefore what decisions you should make. And that's where other people come alongside you and help you make those decisions. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of the irony because the way I was going to like simplify and paraphrase what in effect Kyle just said was, wow, there's thousands of motion designers around the world that want to be me, but I don't want to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> right. right. I want to, you know, I want to, so that is, is so interesting. Uh, yeah. So what do we do with that? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to put it out there because I think uh, many people listen to our podcast, part of our community, you know, even our clients ask us and ask each other for decisions. Hey, I have a big decision to make. I have a big decision to make. And we kind of, it's great to have input. It's really discerning to get other people's advice and get some depth to and some knowledge about the decision you have to make. But I also say, and I th again, I go come back to you and I, we make really important of like, well, before I just give you an answer, can you tell me who you are? I actually want to know what you're trying to accomplish. Are you trying to make and become one of the world's leading animators? Are you trying to make an animated series for you know, MTV? Are you um, looking to achieve an Oscar on the side while you're creating this piece? Are you in NFTs and trying to change the world from a different format? I, like, I need to know who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And then the decisions and maybe even, you know, some of our technologies and techniques and sayings, our seasons and ingredients and, you know, jump starts and all those things that we pull off the shelf start to make sense because we're putting tools in front of somebody, but they're making their own decisions. The results are uniquely theirs um, as they accomplish it. Um, and I just want people to kind of reconcile that as part of this life that they're getting into when they lean into these transitions, you really have to come back to your core first. And then the others can come alongside you. And then we're just opening doors, giving permission, handing over tools, sharing experiences so that to um, keep you moving forward. Well, I'm, you know, one example that often comes up in this making decisions thing uh, is in positioning, right? Because positioning, trying to figure out who are you and what are you going to say to the world about who you are and what your business is, what you focus on. And there's always a moment when, say, in Jumpstart or elsewhere, when someone is like, well, what, what should I say? And of course, my response is always, I can't tell you who you are, and I certainly can't tell you your why. But, but we got to find it, right? We have to go after it. So I can use, like you said, some methods and some principles and a certain amount of account accountability and uh, cracking the whip and, and so forth to draw it out of the business owner. But it has to come from within him or her. It, it's just, I can maybe help you find the right words once we've got the idea. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, you know your your why is you. It's it's all you. It's always been you, and it's 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 uniquely you. And you, what you do in positioning, which is finding something uniquely about that person and making them unique in the marketplace. You know, Matt Taylor does from a creative point of view. You know, what is your voice? How are you going to pitch yourself? What does that look like? How does it feel? You know, Jason probably does that with um, you know who you're hiring. What is your team size? Well, how do they look like? What are the relationships of those teams? Jason's really good with the team building principles. And I even do with finance. I say, what are we financing? What's important to us? How do we make those priorities put in place? But each of us, we have a strength in different areas, but we're always kind of getting down to, you know, client by client and purpose by purpose, this idea of, I don't know, where are we going? 
when we know we're going and we know who you are, the positioning shirt makes a lot of sense when you say I am the company does this or financing <laughs> yeah. makes sense when you say like, I'm going to make this a priority over that because I'm trying to accomplish this goal and I need to finance those goals. I was just thinking it would almost be an interesting exercise to go around the, around the wheel, if you will, of the seven ingredients and ask the why question for each of those. Like, what's your purpose? What's your why as it relates to sales, to finance, right? To operations. That would be that'd be an interesting uh, exercise. That sounds like a perfect exercise for Rev Community. We're going to post this podcast and then join us at Rev Community. We want to hear your answers to uh, what do you think and how those whys work for you. Love it. All right. Well, thanks for going down this little thought train with me. It's kind of been weighing on me. I, I hear a lot of people, and I, when you talk about transitions, you know, I'm going on way over 15 years now. I, I'm what I mean, 17 years of doing this now. And uh, just sitting across from people, and I feel like the maturing process I've seen other companies go through, individuals go through. Um, you know, now I'm walking clients into exiting stages and mergers, acquisition stages. It's very exciting to watch these seasons take place. And I've just been thinking, like, you know, if anyone's interested in how we actually do it and why we don't always just grab something off the shelf as a one time answer, like some consultancies or platforms do. It's because we actually are serving a body of people and we have to ask these why questions first and the who question, who are you? Before I can actually tell you which strategy to go with or how are we going to get there? What's the saying? You bring the compass, I'll give you the roadmap. We'll get there together, right? Yep. And your other one is, there's nothing you can't break that I can't fix. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a lot of those. (laughs) We're going to do a whole podcast of just those. Well, uh, I want to say before we do stop this podcast, I do love you. And I appreciate that you are out there serving others and traveling the world. I know it's not the worst job on the planet to doing what you're doing, but I I do know that you're out there meeting people face-to-face and it's very important to you and the work that you're doing. So thanks for being part of this journey with me. Likewise, I mean, the love is right back at you and it's an incredible privilege, right? I think you and I both on a routine basis look at each other and say, man, we are really fortunate to do something we love so much and help the, all the people that we love in our industry that we love. It's, it's really incredible privilege. Yeah. So if you've ever heard us say, you listeners out there, ever hear us say, we exist so you can thrive in your business and in your life, in your career. This is some of the heart that's behind that saying. Because that's why we're here. And we do love you, RevThink. Hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm going to tell you, Joel, enjoy your trip. And we'll see you when you finally get back here to the States. And we can get back to making some uh, weekly uh, content as well together. Sounds good. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.